ready for it? Welcome to Enchanted, a Taylor Swift podcast. For us three Swifties, this is our holy ground. Every episode will consist of us breaking down a Taylor Swift song based on her lyrics when she wrote the song, our own connections to the song, and of course, throwing out different theories based on our girl's love of a good Easter egg. Come back. Be here every Sunday Hi, for a new episode. seventh birthday is when this recording will be coming out. So um, I am starting off this podcast with a very um, sincere um, apology to all of the Ed Sheeran fans of the world, because um, I understand that my opinions of everything has changed may not be too accurate. And now we have, um, is it, Christina, what's it called? Is it the Queen and the Joker? The Joker and the Queen, yeah. The Joker and the Queen. I had it flip-flopped. I really, really like that song. I think it's beautiful. Um, please don't send me hate mail because, again, <laughs> it's not necessary <laughs> anymore. Um, but with that, we are actually going to be talking about a really, I think, great, great, great song by Taylor Swift in the, in the aspect of her storytelling, and that is Starlight. Um, so I would love Meredith or Christina, if one of you want to kick off with like your thoughts on this song, like first glance, first listen through what we're thinking of. I'd love to hear it. I love this song. (laughs) I mean, I say that pretty much about every song, but just from the moment I heard this, I just love that you just get pulled into this story that the imagery is so apparent and, I I don't know. Like I can just picture like being under the stars and just having this like magnificent night with this person and life is just beautiful. I also am very connected to the time period that she talks about um, the forties for whatever reason, there's part of me that kind of wishes I was, had been alive during that. Um, So I think just the whole, again, just beauty of it is just so well done. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. It's it's probably one of my favorite songs on the album. And I think it's because it is very like Kennedy-esque. She was dating Connor Kennedy around this time period. And I'm pretty sure the song is about one of the Kennedys. Ethel, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's who it's about. And yeah, it just makes you want to dance. It's a feel-good, warm, like happy song. Yeah, I would agree with both of you. It's it really it I will be honest, this song took a minute to like sink in with me just because I was I, I just thought it was like starlight, star like how she says that. I was like, you know, it's kind of uh. but then like I actually like read the lyrics and listened through it and I was like, wow, this is like this really does show that she is Taylor is somewhat of a storyteller. I think she's one of a really great storyteller when it comes to her music, Um, especially for talking about a time which she didn't live in. Mm -hmm. None of us lived in, but yet pulls us back to that time. And we can clearly imagine it with our own imagination, just with these lyrics. So I think it's awesome. I just think the possibility, the idea, the concept of possibility that is 
threaded throughout, like the lyric that just keeps standing out in my mind is we'll have 10 kids and teach them how to dream. Like that's, I don't know, maybe as I get older, like that's what you want your grandparents and your parents to instill in you, right? These larger than life possibilities. Um, But it's also clearly coming from such an innocent place where yes, you know, World War II had been going on or was simultaneously going on, but there's still that sense of innocence. And I don't know, just like, just love it. Okay, so it was about Bobby and Ethel Kennedy. She wrote it after looking at a picture of them and they did get married and had 10 kids together. So yeah, it like encapsulates that time. Yeah. Just want to throw out there really quickly during these economic times, we're not encouraging anybody to have 10 children. If you really want to go for it, but like, not for me. Um, But if you don't want any children. Crotch goblins, that's what they are. (laughs) Um, So a couple of things that, you know, I kind of noticed within the lyrics of this. Um, We have this lyric that says, oh my, what a marvelous tune. And I don't know why, but that connects me back to Marvelous Time. And I, I know that's in another Taylor Swift song, and I cannot think of it. The Great my... American Dynasty, which that's is very it. which is very similar to this because she's telling a story yeah. from that time. I don't think it's the exact time period, but around that. So maybe... Yeah, I think it's like a few decades later. Sorry, mm-hmm. anyone. No, that's okay. I, maybe, maybe that's just her like general, like, that era of time is just known as the marvelous time to Taylor Swift. Maybe that's like, I want to peek inside her head and just like get to know it a little bit more. And so I just noticed when she uses those same adjectives to describe things, I'm like, okay, so there's a reason that you're putting these things together. Um, So I think that that's really awesome. My second thing that I want to bring up to you guys, and this is just stupid on my end, I never understood when people said it was dressed to the nines. I never got that whatsoever. So do you all, <laughs> I, I understand that that means dressing up. That means looking good. But I, I, I was always like, why is it nine? Like, I feel like if I, I want it to be a 10. So I wanted your all's <laughs> feedback on that and your opinion. <laughs> I want it to be a 10. <laughs> I was like, well, why did she say nines? Does it rhyme more? And then like, I was like, I don't really think it does. Like, I feel like you could throw, say tens and it would be fine. So I just kind of wanted to get your all's input on that. It originates from the Scots in 1719. It's that old of a saying. Wait, really? Yeah, I just Googled it. Yeah, oh. that's what I'm doing right now, Googling. <laughs> Maybe I should have Googled it before we did this. Uh, and this podcast is oh. not sponsored by Google, just so we're on the same page. <laughs> There's also a theory that tailors use nine yards of material to make a suit. Mm. The more material you had, the more kudos you accrued. Although nine yards seems generous. So yeah. maybe that's also part of it is, you know, it once again helped um, differentiate you class system. Of course, of course. Yeah, but it it's used to mean to perfection or the highest degree. So what I found was it comes from a Scottish poet named William Hamilton, probably not related, could be related to Alexander Hamilton. You never know. 
And he said, the bonnie lines therein thou sent me, how to the nines they did content me. So people so, just really like the number nine. I don't know. Is this one of the poets that died at the lake? I don't, it could have been. I mean, who knows? Sorry, that was, that's probably a little bit too cryptic for this podcast. But anytime I hear poet and associates with Taylor Swift, I'm like, oh, well, they probably died at the lake. And then I just move on with my life. So well, the, the lakes, which is in England, um, yeah, traditionally the romantic era poets. So words were like all of those ones. Those are the one, the poets that are usually referred to with the lakes. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, we can oh. talk about that when we get to the list. Sorry. I just, <laughs> you all, we just I, pulled I, it all in, but I would love that English lesson from you both when we get there. Cause I don't know. So I just like the song. So, um, Ooh, one I, thing. Yeah. Meredith, I looked up the story of Rebecca Harkness, which mm. is the last great American dynasty. And that's what that's about. And it was in October of 1947 that she married. Oh, um bill harkness the husband that passes away in the song so so yeah it really was all so maybe that's why she uses marvelous to tie it back as in the same era who knows to live in her brain yeah (laughs) for reals so many things bouncing around any lyrics that you all have in this um in this in starlight that just speak to you or anything of that nature i'm just trying to get inside your all's heads a little bit more i mean there's so much i love the fourth verse that comes after um the core the second i guess round of the chorus he said look at you worrying so much about things you can't change you'll spend your whole life singing the blues if you keep thinking that way he was trying to skip rocks on the ocean saying to me don't you see the starlight starlight don't you dream impossible things and again i think it just goes back to one this idea of possibility that she threads through the song, but also who doesn't want a partner like that? Who's going to encourage them to dream bigger. And especially given that it was, you know, the forties, like, it's not like women were, women had gotten some kudos, some respect um, for stepping up during world war two, but it's not like we were, you know, championed by any means. So for someone, especially a Kennedy to step in and kind of say, this is, that this is the stuff we're going to do and we can have this huge glorious life. I just think just give him a hug. I'm glad you brought up that lyric because I really like that one too. Um just because it's like, you know, because I also tie this back to Taylor Swift, right? Like this song is um <laughs> this song is very much not directly about Taylor Swift, but when you listen, when you, you hear the part of like, look at you worrying so much about things you can't change. And now knowing what we all know now, like with Taylor Swift, I think that that lyric kind of plays a key role um, just because like she did change a lot, you know, she left um, her old label, went to a new label, um, you know, she kind of formed her own, she told her own story 
which I think is great. But the next part where it's like, you'll be spending your whole life singing the blues. I think that that's important because blue is the opposite of red. This is the name of this album. This album is, it does have sad songs, but I like in my head, I was kind of like, you know, I feel like that that was on purpose. Like I feel like her putting that in there with this album being called red with it. There's so many red things going on and then saying, you'll be singing about the blues. I think her narrative, she could have been singing sadder songs, more sad, sorry, songs. Um, why are you looking like that, Christina? I think sadder is correct, isn't it? Is it sadder yeah. correct? Is it? Oh, 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 cool. Sorry, my brain sad. just went into the English mode. <laughs> so did mine. And I'm like looking at Christina, like, I'm like, no, yeah, you're good. So that that's just one thing for me that I always noticed about this is like, I'll, if you take a step back and look at the entire discography of Red, all of the songs on there could have been way more depressing than what they actually are in my opinion they could have been written differently so I think that that was also kind of a claim to her saying you know what I'm not going to be blue I'm going to be red about this whole situation and I'm going to love it and that's just like a very I'm focusing I'm hyper focusing on a very specific sentence and turning it into something that it's probably not but but when you think about it it's kind of beautiful in its own little way so I mean, I think, oh, go ahead, Christina. Oh, no, go ahead and build off Cody. I was just going to say, I think that you make a really valid point with that, Cody, because I think the fact that she even highlights this couple, like the fact that she saw a picture of them, I think that this to a degree is, you know, one of those stereotypical couples that maybe we all strive to have, right? To have that person who's going to push you, but you have this family, you, um, put yourself into this situation where people admire both you, your husband and your family. And, you know, maybe based on her relationships with the Kennedys, you know, maybe she had heard some specific stories about them and that just made the love and the fact that she was simultaneously still processing this breakup. Like maybe this is just her, her more adult version of um, love story. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, so in doing research about the song, I found this theory that that line that we, that whole chorus that we or not chorus verse that we love, they were just talking about could be a reference to like the great Gatsby. Hmm. And I was like, well, this is an interesting take because the great Gatsby is also referenced in this is why we can't have nice things. So when it yep. be that far-fetched, plus is dealing with a very affluent family back from the 1920s to the 50s time period, which I think a lot of the, like the Great Gatsby kind of encompasses that time. But um, yeah, I like that idea of like the image of like, maybe she's sitting there, Ethel is sitting there looking at things she can't change. And one of those things with the Great Gatsby was when Gatsby is looking across the water at Daisy's dock at the green light and he can't change it. He can't make them get back together. And he's he's really trying. (laughs) Oh, he tries his hardest, but I just like love this idea of like, 
because honestly, they say that Taylor wrote this song just based on a photo. She didn't know the backstory of Bobby and Ethel. She kind of just guessed at what it was. So that's why I like the idea of this is her idea of like a grown up lover kind of version of that song. But um, I think when she she could have very well just been thinking about like that time period and things that could take place in that time period, like the Great Gatsby and painting that imagery. And that's, I think that's why I love this song because Great Gatsby is one of my favorite books. Oh, and so I good. always, I always imagine this song kind of in that time period. Oh, so good. I could, I could always, like, if I think they're doing, an, I think I told Christina this, but I think they're doing another version of The Great Gatsby. Like another maybe, movie. Another movie, which Why? it's not necessary, but it is what it is. Like, I could see this song being, and the credits are yeah. like mm-hmm. in the opening or something of that for like another movie. Now, we say that knowing that we already have a Great Gatsby movie that was pretty Two. iconic. Oh, yeah, we have. Well, the, the original was with Robert Redford yeah, and Mia Farrow. Yeah. Okay, but the Baz Luhrmann version of it with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Chef's kiss. And, I mean, I would use that to teach, but. Yeah. And the the album that that's the only way that they could save the next great Gatsby movie is that they put Taylor Swift in charge of the music for that movie. That's probably the only, because the last time it was like, there was Lana Del Rey and there was, was in charge. He was yeah, in charge Jay-Z of the music. was in music. charge of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was good. Like, don't get me wrong. It was a very interesting take on it. Like the music was, I mean, I listened to that whole album, like religiously, I'm pretty sure. And it was a soundtrack album, which is not normal for me unless it's like high school musical. Um, <laughs> so, so I, you know, that's, I, I think this is our like plea that somebody needs to start a petition that if they are going to make another Greg Gatsby movie, the only, like the only way it's going to be good is if Taylor Swift is, I won't say in it, but she has to be in charge of the album that goes along with it. That's that's my criteria. Yes, I would agree. Not I in it. That. Not in it because if Cats was any indication, I just think she should cut that acting career off. Well, she's um, a good actor. She can be a good actor. It's, but it's the issue. Is Valentine's Day. Well, she was Laura. supposed to be like that in, in Valentine's Day. So, okay cats was just weird so we can give that as a one-off but yeah but she does have that new movie coming out later this year with um i think it's margot robbie and anna taylor that one girl who's very blonde oh i can't remember her last name but she's in another movie this year so we'll have to watch that and give our feedback to it i don't even know what it's called um so that tells you how much i know um, so anyways, the, the last thing, and we kind of already brought it up, um, that I want to talk about is having 10 kids. Um, <laughs> oh, we're going back to that. Okay. I have to circle back to that really quickly. Um, <laughs> so just really quickly, I want you all to know that that's how I knew that this song was not about Taylor Swift because I was like, Taylor Swift would not have 10 kids. Because if she did, then she would have had 10 kids by now. So, 
I just had to share that with you guys really quickly, but I like that that's the distinction, but okay. <laughs> Not that it was like nine, the summer of 1945. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Like that wasn't your clue. It was that she didn't have 10 kids. Got it. it wasn't the summer of 45. It wasn't like any of that. It was just like, she was like 10 kids. I was like, girlfriend, you ain't having 10 kids. <laughs> I love you. Oh, no, I will say this is one of my favorite songs of this album. Yeah. So. Agreed. Agreed. With that said, should we jump into some ratings? Let's yeah. do it. All right, I can go first. I'm going to give this a 13 out of 13. Wow. I know I don't give those a lot, but this song is just, there's something magic about it. Like, I honestly was listening to the gro- um, listening to it on my way to the grocery store. And people probably thought I was like so ridiculous because I was like pretending I was holding a mic and singing the song and like jamming out in the car as I'm driving. It just has that power. So 13 out of 13. 13 out of 13 for me as well. It's just so damn good and just always puts me in a good mood whenever I listen to it. Well, I guess we are going to have our is this our first? No, all too well was all too well was I think our first. <laughs> it's, I think it's kind of funny, but Starlight is our next thirteen out of thirteen episode from all three of us. Anna. That's so interesting. Who would have thought? I, I I would not have put my money on this song whatsoever. That this would be the next thirteen out of thirteen song. So wow, I think. Maybe we chose the wrong song to name it. Maybe we should have named it Starlight. <laughs> and we just could have talked about the, we could have acted like we were in the forties the entire time in the podcast. That would have been good. That would have been, cool. that would have been fun. And I feel like I would have needed to always dress up like I was in the forties. Yeah. And that's a lot of effort for your yeah. hair. <laughs> Meredith would understand. Guys had it easy. Oh yeah. We'd have else. to do like still pin curls. and Yeah. Or no, what's it's like aggressive. Dresses. Um, I don't remember. Flapper dresses? Huh? Are you talking about flapper dresses? Because those were the 20s. Those were the 20s. Never mind. It was more of like the like very like form-fitting button-down dresses. Yeah. Like Um, a belt to like really cinch your waist. mm -hmm. No, I don't want that for you guys. So I mean they're cute, but I don't want that for you guys every episode when you're in your own homes. Like I don't I that's what I don't want. So I, I would love to see you in it one day if you're feeling fancy, but no, not just to record a podcast because that's feeling be- fancy. I'll stick to my sweatshirt and shorts. I got like just knocked over my water bottle. <laughs> and on that note, I think we should end here. This episode was sparkling. Don't you let it go. We are just as excited to meet and connect with you as you are to meet and connect with the one and only Taylor Swift herself. So go follow us on Instagram at EnchantedPod and tell us your theories, favorite songs, and so much more. See you there.